You're listening to the Soul Source Podcast. I'm your host, Raquel Amel. Soul Source exists to share stories that are shaping our world today. We go straight to the source of the information to give you the best insight on topics and to show you what's being done about these issues, as well as how you can help make a difference. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're about to get started. Starting and even running a business is not for the faint of heart. You need a special type of courage and a lack of fear when it comes to risk-taking, especially this year. However, it's nearly impossible to run a business with no help at all. Listen to what Melanie Manuel, owner of Celesta, a vegan restaurant in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, had to say. My bank had access to PPP money and I went to apply the day the application opened but they were so flooded with applications, they closed it within hours and the web shut, website shut down. So a few weeks later, Wibic was able to secure PPP money because they're a special nonprofit organization and they were able to help us, you know, help walk us through the application process. So I felt really confident that I understand, understood all the complicated <laughs> legalese Red Shoes Inc., the company who makes SoulSource possible, is proud to be a part of the Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corporation. Wibic provides classes for business owners, financial assistance to help businesses thrive during these uncertain times, and even networking opportunities to help you grow your business within a network of women who are all rooting for your success. I can promise you this is an opportunity you don't want to miss out on. Visit www.bic.com for more information. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Raquel Lamel, and Wibic has been our sponsored guest here on Soul Source for the entire month of July. And to round out the month, I'm speaking with Melanie Manuel. You just heard her there in that ad. She is the owner of Celesta, a vegan restaurant in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Melanie worked with Wibic to help her business stay afloat during the COVID-19 pandemic, and she says Wibic was instrumental in her being able to stay open. Melanie, thank you for joining me here today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and I am excited to talk with you because you are the owner of Celesta. So tell me, kind of, let's start off with what made you want to start this restaurant and talk a little bit about the food that you're serving because it's more than just salads. I know that. (laughs) For sure. Um, I started my business about four years ago and I was doing pop-ups at bars around town um, offering vegan comfort food which was a lot of fun. And my following started to grow and I started thinking, gosh, this might be a viable full-time business. I was a teacher as well at the time. So I kind of had two jobs, you know, with the side hustle. Wow. Um, So I started to explore um, different options. um, And that's what connected me with Wibbic. But what my restaurant does now is offer what we like to call otherworldly vegan eats. So vegan food that might surprise people that it's vegan. We have stuff like lasagna and buffalo chicken sandwiches, Um, but we also have really plant forward food like uh, beet carpaccio and a roasted cauliflower dish that are really popular. So we try really hard to straddle um, all different types of vegan food so that people come in and are really surprised by the flavors that we offer. Very nice, and and I know um, you're getting out there. I did see that you were in a magazine here recently. Yeah, thanks. I just finished up um, a partnership with Topper's Pizza. Um, I worked on a consulting project with them to develop some vegan options, and that's going to launch in um, Madison this weekend. And then um, the vegan options will launch nationwide in October. It was really fun. It looked awesome. I saw the article. It was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I do have to ask, because we are talking here about COVID and kind of how Wibic is has been a part of that. So, as a small restaurant owner, I mean, 
seeing a monster like COVID-19 coming at you, it had to be kind of terrifying. You, you know, how did you handle that? Yeah, it was, and it was and still is pretty challenging. Um, obviously, we watched the news as things started to unfold internationally in January. And then we started having serious conversations in February about COVID. And then as March crept in and cases started breaking out in the U.S., um, we knew it was coming and we had a lot of conversations about how to manage it. And of course, back then, we knew very little about the virus and, and still are learning a lot today. Um, so I just have a really strong memory. One brunch, it was a Sunday and we have a tiny dining room. We only have 27 seats. We had two servers. Uh, my manager and I were here and, you know, the servers were weaving in between tables and there were kids here and people enjoying themselves. And I think there had been a case somewhere in the Midwest and we thought, oh my gosh, look at all these people <laughs> sitting next to each other in our servers, you know, smiling right next to people as they're enjoying their waffles. And my manager had the great foresight to say, I think next week we need to close our dining room. And so we did. And a few days later, um, Milwaukee City passed the mandate to close dining rooms. So we talked a lot about how to um, continue to stay open safely, and we've been offering curbside pickup. Um, we've been offering curbside pickup, and again, my manager had um, a great idea to avoid contact completely with customers. We have a table outside, and customers call in, and they pay, and then we run their food out to the table so they don't come inside. We don't even touch their car. Um, and we have a lot of new customers who've um, started frequenting our curbside pickup because they were so happy with how seriously we're taking um, the COVID situation. That is a, a very special and, and, and unique thing that you're doing because um, not all restaurants are doing that. Um, so then even today, because now we're four months, four months in, how are you still shut down? Oh, yeah. And we will continue to keep our dining room closed. Um, we believe that COVID continues to present challenges um, for dine-in. And we believe it's the right thing to do to protect ourselves and our staff and our customers. And it's been really challenging because, for example, the uh, added cost of COVID supplies and packaging is over $1,000 a month, which we're having to absorb on you know, lower profit margin with no dine-in, but we're staying afloat and our customers have been unbelievable. I mean, we have people who come several times a week and even, even more important than frequenting us, they are smiling and asking how we're doing. And we stand outside 10 feet away with our masks on and, and ask how they're doing. We know their kids and their partners and what they do for a living. And I think in some ways COVID has really shown us um, what an important part of the community we are. And we really hope people see us as a part of their community as well. Oh, that is so special and how it's bringing people together. I love that. How, um, how are you supplementing some of the income lost here? Cause that's, that's a big hit. So there has to be something that you're doing, correct? Yeah, there are a few things we're doing. We shortened our hours um, so uh, that's sort of trying, sort of mirroring the lower profits. 
Um, we also are offering what we call packs about once a month. So they're special take-home meals, usually around a holiday. And those are so much fun because they enable me as a chef to kind of showcase some fun stuff I don't get to do every day. So we did like a Memorial Day pack. We did Mother's Day, Father's Day. Um, and now we're doing like a taco pack where people can have all these beautiful handmade um, tacos and sides. We're even making the tortillas from scratch and they can come home and really enjoy it, you know, with a beer, with a margarita at their houses, nice and safe. Perfect. So, you know, many businesses are struggling, but you mentioned, you know, you guys are getting creative and coming up with ways to stay open because you are taking this so seriously. So um, Celesta has been working with Wibbick. Tell me a little bit about how that organization is helping you through this incredibly stressful and difficult time. Yeah, Wibbick. Um, first of all, I've worked closely with Wibbick since I started my business. I took a business plan writing class with them um, three years ago, and then I did some financial work with them. I took some kind of informal classes with them, like how to deal with a, um, a lease, you know, for a, a business space, things like that, even one-day workshops. And they were so invaluable. And one thing I really appreciated about Wibbick is that the people in my classes were so diverse. I mean, people who had all different business ideas, all different walks of life, all different backgrounds. And um, as somebody, as a new entrepreneur, that was really exciting and I felt really supported. Um, so then I got my loan through Wibbick. So again, I've had this relationship for several years. Uh, so when the PPP money was offered and for folks who don't know what that is. It was a federal program or is a federal program whereby the government is offering um, either low interest rate loans or grants to businesses to help supplement labor and rent and electricity, things like that, sort of very necessary things for a business to survive. Mm -hmm. um, and the labor costs can be covered for, I think it was two and a half months. Um, the application process was somewhat challenging because so many businesses applied at once and the rollout was swift and not very well planned. And certain financing agencies had access to the PPP money and others didn't. So for example, my bank had access to PPP money and I went to apply the day the application opened, but they were so flooded with applications, they closed it within hours and the web sh website shut down. Oh, that so had to be frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, it was really frustrating and really scary for me and a lot of other business owners. Um, so a few weeks later, Wibbick was able to secure PPP money because they're a special nonprofit organization and they were able to offer it to their clients and they were able to help us, you know, help walk us through the application process. So I felt really confident that I understand, understood all the complicated <laughs> legalese involved in, in things like this that are always very intimidating um, when you also have sort of emotional strain in your life with things like, you know, you're responsible for employees and the well-being, you know, health and well-being of your customers and, and so forth. So they helped me through uh, that process and I was able to secure PPP money, which was so helpful. They also helped me work through an SBA loan, a small business loan, um, and that also could be a loan or grant, depending on how the business owner uses that financing. So they were able to make me aware of the loan, tell me how to apply for it, tell me how to submit my paperwork. And then finally, um, my mentor, who was assigned to me when I first secured my loan two years ago, has just checked in with me. And that's been as valuable as anything, just saying, how are you doing? And, you know, what can I do to help? 
let's look at your finances. What are some things you can do to offset some of these costs? So that's helped me feel very supported. That's awesome that somebody's there, that they check in like that. That is really cool. You don't hear that very often. Yeah. And you don't get that from a bank, do you? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so, you know, where would you be when you look back and you see, you know, what Wibix has done so far and they continue to be there and to help companies and small businesses. So where would you be without them right now when you look at that? Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to think about that, <laughs> to be honest. I, I think my business has fared better than most because we're smaller. So it's been more manageable to handle the cost and the pivot versus some places that have four or five locations. I mean, just by that simple fact, it makes everything more challenging and that's accidental. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I would feel more afraid and alone um, than everybody does now. Uh, but I, I feel very hopeful that I and, and a lot of other businesses can negotiate these rough waters and come out on the other end. Yeah. So being in Milwaukee, I mean, there's a lot going on in Milwaukee, um, more than just COVID. I know it's a hot spot for COVID-19, but you also have a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests happening in that part of Wisconsin. Has that impacted your restaurant at all? And if so, how? Um, it has impacted my restaurant um, largely because we felt it was really important to get involved. Um, we early on made a statement that we were definitely in support of the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests. And we did a few things and we hope to continue to do things to support the movement for all people of color. Um, one thing we did was we closed down uh, on Juneteenth so that people could continue to be encouraged to support back, to support black businesses um, on such an important and historical day. Uh, we also donated food and supplies um, through the River West Public House for some of the marches. And um, I'm also trying really hard to communicate information that I have access to as a vegan business owner, uh, information that might be helpful and interesting for people who are involved in that lifestyle. So I shared a post with some of my favorite cookbooks by black vegan chefs in the hopes that people will purchase those cookbooks and that money will go into those professionals pockets. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also learning and reading up myself as a white person and trying my best to really consider the subtle ways in which our racist system um, sustains policies that are really unhelpful and unhealthy to people of color as well. And I know that, you know, this is very important to you and, and it's hard, right? It's hard to try to run a company and have those values in place when you're just worried about, you know, staying open and making ends meet. So talk with me a little bit about Wibic as far as, you know, the importance having them there to help you pull that off your plate so you can focus on these areas where you're passionate for? Sure. I mean, as long as, you know, when the business is sustaining itself, um, you do have the mental space to commit yourself to things that you believe in. Um, I mean, maybe this or definitely this movement probably should have happened a long time ago. <laughs> it's been 60 years since the civil, right movement, civil rights movement and things have been relatively quiet um, in terms of large scale movements. And it's time for white people to really commit themselves to this. Um, 
But it, it honestly kind of, in some ways, doesn't matter that COVID's happening. This is a historical time that we all have to commit to, regardless of what's going on inside our businesses. And it's important to be on the right side of history and say, you know, I have to wear a mask every day. I have to worry about my bottom line, but also people are dying and um, that's not okay. So I don't think it's an either or situation. Um, I think it's just finding the best way to move through it with authenticity. So I guess, you know, as this pandemic, as this pandemic continues to linger on here now, you know, and, and all these things are happening. Are you having to lean more on Webic for any additional help? Um, am I having to lean more on Webic for additional help? That's a great question. The answer is, I don't know yet. Uh, things are changing so quickly. Um, we're continuing to gain more and more information. We, by that, I mean the public and us here at the business. And we're continuing to make decisions and pivot all the time. We keep refining our policies, our, you know, mask expectations for our employees. We have like a travel policy in place that they signed that they can't travel to certain areas. If they do, they're off work for two weeks. Um, things like that we keep refining so that we can be responsive to everything changing. To be honest right now, we manage week to week. Every week, my manager and I sit down and we say, okay, how's everything going? What's happening in the world? What's happening in our city? What's happening in the business? And how can we respond? That That is an added level of stress for sure. So when you guys are meeting every week and how you can help, how can people, people listening to this, what can they do? How can they help you guys, but then small businesses in general, any advice there? Sure. I think there are a lot of ways anyone can help. Um, the first is wear a mask, wear a mask in public, take the mask mandate seriously. Some of us have to go to work every day and we have to interact with the public. And the more the everyday person can minimize the potential impact of COVID, the better for all of us. Um, I think standing up for Black lives is something else people can do. And some people can't go out and march, maybe they're immunocompromised, but they can read a book or they can talk to their family members or um, they can consider ways in which they vote and that might impact um, people of color. Um, other things people can do is support small businesses. There are so many amazing small businesses, especially Milwaukee, and that's one reason I opened a business here. I mean, it's just so colorful with all different types of um, companies, owned by really amazing people. And these people are your neighbors and your friends and fellow taxpayers. So getting takeout from a restaurant, um, ordering online from a plant store, um, supporting you know, somebody who hand makes you know, XYZ bath products or what have you, instead of buying it from Walmart or Costco, those are all ways you can support um, people and they have an actual impact in your community. Very much so, and you can see it. It's, it's almost an impact that you can see almost right away. Absolutely. Yeah. Even walking down the street, masked, of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. Masked. You had said something earlier about that, that even though COVID is going on, that, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement is even more important than that. And so I want to circle back to that because that caught my interest a little bit. And um, I know Wibic is very, you know, they work with small businesses, but a lot of minority focused small businesses, women owned businesses, people of color own businesses, and they really put a focus there. So having that value alignment, what is that like for you? Knowing that, you know, the company that's helping you through everything right now is also 
the company that has those same values that you do? Um, I mean, it's been invaluable. Uh, taking classes from Wibic, I was um, one of the few white people in a lot of my classes. And I, at the time, did my best to be quieter and listen to some of the experiences of people of color. They have added boundaries uh, when opening a business. It's harder for many people of color to get credit. A lot of times, people of color's uh, businesses are family owned. So if it's a couple, for example, often both of them are involved in um, the business operation. So if the business fails, the whole family is impacted rather than maybe one person who has another partner who works. Obviously that's not true all the time, but that was true of a lot of people in my specific classes. Um, and then a lot of times there's been evidence shown that they've had to pay higher interest rates than white people. And that this is just all evidence of systemic racism in the banking industry and um, the larger business industry as a whole. So um, it was really amazing to me that Wibic took all of these things very seriously. Um, they also, also have a very diverse staff. So my mentor is a woman and that was really important to me because she understood some of my challenges. Um, as many people know, the restaurant industry is largely um, run by men and uh, women often aren't taken seriously as entrepreneurs, for example. Uh, I get advice all the time from people, uh, business advice, people who don't own businesses, um, people who don't own restaurants, uh, men give me this advice. So it, I can't imagine being a person of color and, and running a business and, and having to deal with maybe how some people might react to that. So um, I'm just trying to listen and learn and um, be as supportive as I can. Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being here, Melanie, and sharing your insights with us. I know you're a busy gal. You got a lot going on today. <laughs> Thanks so much. And sorry for any background noise. I'm here at my restaurant. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more Soul Source, subscribe to our show. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there's something that you want us to talk about on the show, we can do that too. We have a Facebook group called the Soul Source Society. It is where we interact with listeners, share special content only seen in that group, talk about shows, get ideas for future podcasts, and overall, just have a lot of fun. That's Soul Source Society on Facebook. We hope to see you there. Soul Source is brought to you by Red Shoes Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Soul Source and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com. <laughs>